Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, and we're kicking the, the show off real quick here. Um, we actually have breaking news as we came on to the show here. Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID. Um, it's, it's just breaking, breaking news now. Um, the guys uh, second test this morning to confirm that he he actually does and he's quarantining himself right now Um, offense coordinator Steve Sarkeesian is going to be overseeing the preparation for Saturday night's home game against number 3 Georgia which is a big big matchup between the number 1 and number 3 teams here Um, all players are going to be tested before this game, obviously, to make sure that none of them have got it from Nick Saban himself. He did come out and say he's not showing any signs uh, or symptoms of it, uh, at least just yet. Um, but if, if he just tests positive today, it could still take a couple days before he sees any type of symptoms. Um, so, yeah, big news there, big college news there. And kind of interesting to segue into this whole you know LSU falling out of top 25 and before we get into you know as much as I don't like Alabama as a Notre Dame fan hopefully Saban gets through this with without any um, complications and things of that nature so and I just want to give a quick shout out to our good buddy King because I was just coming on to record when he sent me a message that he uh, that Nick Saban tested positive so I said well I guess you're gonna be our reporter with sources now so yeah so you know good luck there Nick hopefully you get through this as quickly and healthy as you could be so um, before we get into all our other stories we're going to talk about head over to staytunesports.net our social media accounts are on the right hand side there make sure you follow them retweet them out share them do whatever you gotta do to make us a little bit more you know important you know um bigger popular whatever you want to call us um and on top there is our merch tab shirts we're working on hoodies and hats coming soon with some other new designs um as well so kind of piggybacking off of the whole alabama situation that's coming on right now um Playing Georgia Saturday night, LSU had you know lost this past weekend and has dropped out of the top 25 for the first time 
in nine years. Um, I, I was kind of surprised to see this because obviously they're national title uh, champion, defending champion, and you know this only happened one other time, and I believe it was like Oklahoma happened a few years ago. But when I started to, to see, you know, why, you know, was it just because you lost Joe Burrow, you know, was he the LSU team? They actually lost 30 players total from the national title team. Majority of them, obviously, playing in the NFL now. You know, you just go down the list. Joe Burrow, the running back in Kansas City, the, you know, the rookie running back there. Um, Justin Jefferson, ton of offensive linemen they lost and I just I just stopped there I'm like well you know what there's your whole offense um and you know falling they're, they're, they're one and two now after losing to a previously winless Missouri team which that's a huge blow but also to me it kind of goes back to recruiting you know, is Ed Ergeon not that good of a recruiter? Because you should always have your backups ready to go, even on game day, in case something happens to your starters. Now, yes, the talent level will drop off, but LSU shouldn't be a two-loss school right off the bat, right, you know, right out of the gate. So, I know defensively they're having a tough time um, stopping teams. But again, you know, recruiting. Gotta be able to recruit. It's not like, you know, if you wanna have a dynasty, you gotta be able to recruit, have some good pitches to, to bring some of the, the top tier talent in to, uh, to help that team out in the long run. And here it is now. Four games or four weeks into the season, or one and two. Curious to see how the future, you know, pans out for them. But as far as the AP standings, like I said, Alabama is number one, playing Clemson or playing Georgia, who is number three. Clemson is number one. Sorry, Alabama is number two, and then Notre Dame moved up to number four after their win against Florida State and tell you what still not happy with Notre Dame you know you're playing once you get into the playoffs you're looking you're, you're without a doubt looking at Clemson Alabama I mean Georgia's always around there but they seem to choke that last week or so um, North Carolina is fifth they, they usually tail off at the end but when you're going to play a Clemson or an Alabama, you got to have a defense. You cannot be giving up 20-plus points a game to schools like Florida State or Duke. Otherwise, Clemson and Alabama will put you away halfway through the second quarter. They'll toy with you in the first quarter and then just put you away in the second quarter. I don't know what's going on with this defense, but they got to figure out quick because, like I said, you're four weeks into it already. You have eight more weeks or eight, eight more games. You still have one to make up with Wake Forest. Offensively, it seems like they're, well, obviously that they are there because they're 
averaging 25 30 points a game and with the running game they have Tommy Reese bears just keep laying on that because you got four really good running backs and young running backs again I was talking to our buddy King about it I looked it up we have a freshman a sophomore and two juniors which the two juniors are kind of like a a 1B or a, a number two spot so they're, I, I don't even if they have good years I don't foresee them going into the draft saying hey you know I think I'm good enough to make it onto a team this is the last year for Ian Book um, wide receivers we, we need more production out of all of them not just one I mean, the, the, I forget which receiver it was, but it showed up this past week. It looked really good. Tight ends were, were still good there. So, but just got to shore up that defense. It, it just... Terrible. You know, I miss those days of, of having, you know, Monte Teo, that type of defense, even though we got steamrolled by Alabama. But we were a good defense back then. We got to get back to that to, to be able to compete for a national title. So, NFL talk here. I personally think the comeback player has been awarded this past weekend. And if you guys haven't heard in the past couple episodes, I've been pining for Alex Smith to be comeback player of the year. And this past weekend, he was able to fulfill and complete the journey he set back two years ago when he broke his, his leg after having 17 surgeries and multiple reha- you know two-year rehab stunt, uh, stint made it onto the field after Kyle Allen got hurt on a third down play and you know finished the game out I believe I, I know he had at least a, a few snaps in there because first play completed his pass I know Aaron Donald landed a couple hits on him so and that it's going to sound brutal in a way but that's good that someone hit him because now he knows he could take a hit he knows that Laker would stand a hit not saying he should start the rest of the season because Dwayne Haskins is done in Washington from what we're hearing Um, they're going to be trying to trade him before the deadline would not be surprised if they try to trade him in in the offseason but the fact that Alex Smith, and like I've been beating this drum, made it onto the field is just amazing. And, you know, I was going through all the, the, the reactions on Twitter from this, because, I mean, Twitter just blew up when he came on there. There's no fans in the, the stadium except for, I guess, family members, and they, they showed a the video of his wife and his kids standing up giving him the ovation um, but the one comment that I saw on Twitter that just really says it all actually came from Matthew Barry the um, I believe he works for ESPN the fantasy uh, football sports guy he said Alex Smith just completed his first pass I don't care what happens the rest of the season he should be comeback player of the year and they should name the award after him that last part I think without a doubt you know, you just think about it. The past 5, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever. Has there ever been a story like this? To have 
your career pretty much almost ripped right away from you. Um, his leg was supposed to be amputated. Really close to being amputated because of all the infections that was going on with it. And to come back and, and play one snap. Let alone more snaps after that. I, I hope the NFL does the right thing and you know obviously gives it to him. Because I mean, as of right now, I know we're only you know four or five weeks into the season. But what other story, what other player has a bigger story than Alex Smith right now? And I I, I just can't think of one. And it'd be really cool if they did rename it to the Alex Smith Award because you could base it off of, you know, uh, like the criteria of how to win would be, you know, determination, professionalism, sportsmanship, you know, shows all those those qualities. Because that's what Alex Smith shows. He showed in Kansas City before he broke his leg. Showed in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes came in started over him showed it here when he came back he could have said you know what I'm, I'm good you know uh, release me I want to play on a football team I want to start on a football team because at the time Dwayne Haskins was the starter and then even when they benched Haskins and named Kyle Allen the starter not one peep from Alex Smith so I definitely think they, they should rename the comeback player of the year award to the Alex Smith Award. I think it'd be cool as hell. And just want to send out congratulations, Alex. Your your journey has come full circle. And hopefully you could keep this journey going a little bit longer. Now, some coaching news. Now, two weeks ago, last week, I should say, uh, we had Bill O'Brien being relieved of his duties we talked a little bit about that last week this past week Atlanta Falcons owner has fired head coach Dan Quinn and the GM relieved them of their duties and now even Matt Ryan's future is in question you know Julio Jones supposedly is on the trading block they're, they're, sounds like they're going in a full full blown rebuild mode Where's put, you know, Matt Ryan, 35 years old, even though he says he wants to play into his 40s. Arthur Blank did say not going to be totally his decision. It's going to be up to the GM and the head coach, you know, when they bring those two guys in. Um, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't get rid of him. You know, he, he's still a competitive player. He's still putting up good numbers, even though... The team is playing real shitty. And why not keep him? Now, let's say you get the number one pick and you want to take Trevor Lawrence. I'm 90% of the time against starting rookie quarterbacks. I mean, you have to be a Peyton Manning or a Andrew Luck type player. And I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that. I think it would benefit him to sit out a year and just take it all in, get used to the speed, get all you know, get used to all that stuff. And what better mentor than Matt Ryan? Former MVP. He's got very good numbers. 
You know, it's not like he's a shitty quarterback. He has the experience. So, you know, sit Matt down and, and talk to him. It's like, you know what? We're going into a, a rebuilding stage, but we want you to help ease the transition over to, a, you know, the younger, the, the newer uh, face of the franchise. I don't know if Matt would do that. I, I would think he would because... His contract alone, he just signed a couple years ago. It was $100 million guaranteed. I believe I saw some of the next year, like he's owed like $40 million. But the past two years, they've restructured his contract, which means he was open to it. He was okay with it. So, why not? You know, it'd be good for both teams because what other teams are ready to compete now for a championship that needs a quarterback. Can't really, I mean, the only, the only team I could possibly see doing something this year if if the, the Falcons want to go a different way is the Cowboys trading for him. But, and we'll get into it about Dak, but if they were to trade for Ryan, that would seal the deal on, on Dak's future in Dallas so I don't think I don't see Matt Ryan going anywhere I don't even see Julio Jones going anywhere you know both guys still have two three more good years before I think you'll really start to see a, a decline and Atlanta's receiving core is still good you got Stephen Ridley there who's been in the league for you know just a couple years so he's still young and he's basically going to be taking over for Julio whenever Julio leaves or retires. So I, I think it would be a smart idea on both parties, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, to keep working together because the relationship works. It just didn't work for the the head coach and the GM. Just weren't doing their jobs. Now, I, I just said about, you know, Dak Prescott. Unfortunately, this past Sunday, he broke his ankle uh, running the ball late in the game. And I, I just want to get this out there. Um, as much as I hate the Cowboys and wish nothing good for them as far as wins and losses, wish they would all always go 0-16, I, I never want to see a Dallas Cowboy player get hurt like Prescott did. And for all these, I, I don't even want to label them Eagles fans because they're just scumbags and dumbasses that are cheering on, uh, you know, Prescott's injury, good for him, and, you know, things like of that nature. You're just scum scumbags, you know. You see... You know how Dak is perceived in the NFL. He's a very good guy. Um, they even said it on the the broadcast there, and even Jason Garrett, even though he was a Giants coach on Sunday, came over alongside of him. Granted, you know he was Dak's head coach for how many years? So obviously they have a, a some type of relationship there, whether it's a friendship or acquaintance. But you see all the respect around the NFL for Dak Prescott. And in a way, I, I do feel bad for him. Even though, you know, past 
couple times we talked about him and his contract situation. Me hoping Dallas signed him to a $40 million contract. Poor kid's not going to get that now. And, you know, I, I know I say poor now, and he'll still make his... He'll probably still get $18, 20000000 million. You know, now will it be with Dallas? That's, that's going to be the interesting question. This kid has never been hurt. Uh, I, re- I read somewhere that he, he played, what, 69 straight games and only missed two snaps in his whole career. I mean, so he's not injury prone. Me as a fan, NFL fan right now, not as an Eagles fan, and kind of being serious. If I was Dallas, I would still try to resign him. Not the thirty million, not what Wentz is getting or Jared Goff. You know, you'll probably he'll probably still be able to do 20, 25 million. Maybe try to you know maybe both sides could come to an agreement of like a two three year contract. If he plays through that and keeps up his numbers because he was having a good year. If he can keep that going for the next two three years, then maybe he'll be able to hit his the contract that he wants. Now, if he hits free agency. He'll definitely get 25, depending on how many teams are in on bidding on him. Maybe he'll get the 30, but I I don't see him getting that that 30, though, with a bummed ankle, because now he's looking at a uh, four to six month recovery period, which takes you to what, March, right around there. And in April, you got your OT or March, you got the OTAs. April, you got the draft. You know, so like I said, I hate the Cowboys, but Dak again, nothing but the best for you. Hope you come back healthy again and have no problems along the way. Earlier today, too, Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets decided to part ways after yesterday they were actively trying to trade him. Ever since Adam Gase got there, it's just been a rocky road for Le'Veon Bell. And here's the question and the reason why I'm bringing this this, uh, up. Where do you think he lands if he lands anywhere? Now, the reason why this whole trade or, or the release came about played this past Sunday. Uh, after the game, a lot of the media was or were basically coming out saying that Adam Gase wasn't using him the right way, um, not using his skills the, you know, the right way. And Le'Veon Bell was going on Twitter and liking all the negative comments toward Adam, Adam Gase. I know it's minor, and maybe I'm just just being me. To me, that shows that you're not growing up yet. You know that that's what happened in Pittsburgh. You're all about you, me, 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 and here it is. You're still being a little teenager, and then you you come out and put a picture up saying that you're ready to prove it. Well, you didn't show that you're ready to prove it. You showed how you push your way out of New York. Just like you push your way out of Pittsburgh. 
Now, a team will probably sign him. You know, he is a talented back. There's no doubt about that. It's just, is there a team out there that's going to want to take on the circus that he usually brings when he doesn't get his way? And there will be. I hope Philly don't. I don't think Philly needs them. You know, Miles Sanders is on pace, I believe, for like a thousand yards. Something like 10 or 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, we got our, our starting starting running back right there. You bring Bell in to back him up and he'll just be a crybaby about it. I did see the Colts as a possible landing spot, which if he were to land there, may help Phillip Rivers with all the turnovers take a little bit of pressure off of him. But Pittsburgh actually was another spot I saw. You know, would Mike Tomlin bring him back? You would have to say possibly because when Antonio Brown was a free agent, Tomlin said that he would be open-minded about it. And what Brown did was a hell of a lot worse than what Bell did. Now, the thing though is, would Bell, just like the Eagles, would Bell accept coming in as the backup to James Conner? I don't think Bell is a three down back anymore or you know what he used to be he's older I think he tried to cash in on a major contract a little like a year or two too late and by sitting out that one year I think really hurt him too and it's still hurting him but that just proves though with the Jets that ever since you know Adam Gase came in he never liked the signing of Le'Veon Bell it just shows how dysfunctional the Jets are that one day after trying to trade Le'Veon Bell um, they just released him and just to show how bad they want to get rid of Bell um, the Jets when they were trying to they, they called every team they, they possibly could to try to trade him but the Jets were even trying to say that they, they would eat uh, $6 million or eat some of the money of the $6 million that they owed of the 2020. But the problem was wait, was an $8 million injury guarantee for next year, which was the sticking point for most of the NFL teams they talked to, which I can't blame them. I mean, the kids always hurt, especially this year with hamstring injuries and, and things of that nature. But that Jets team is just terrible. I mean... They let Robbie Anderson go. Sam Darnold's getting killed left and right. Um, Adams gets traded to Seattle for a bag of chips. And now you just release Le'Veon Bell just to release him. Get him off the team because he's he has a headache. So before we get to our blue picks, just want to give a a recap of the Belly Sports Stay Tuned Sports Talladega race this past Monday night that was on Belly Up Sports TV on their YouTube channel over there. Tell you what guys I mean I have work the next day at 5 in the morning so I usually get up about quarter to 4. I was up till about 11, 11.30 watching that till the very end. It was a hell of a race Congratulations to all the racers out there I mean, it was a, it was fun. Um, I before the race, I expected a lot more crashes because it is Dega, but right from the get go, 
you know, I was talking to Josh Sobel, that was the uh, the one commentator during the the race, and I was surprised how they went head to head with each other from lap one all the way till the end. It wasn't like a filling. There was there was no filling out process. As far as the Stay Tuned Sports cars, the four cars we had in there, um, Scott Crump ended up getting involved in the the first wreck but for i forget what happened but he was down a lap already but then we also had two of our other cars up there the orange one and the blue one and i'm sorry about the racers names i know who they are it just i don't want to butcher their last names so they were up there they were running like two three you know second and third place or whatever and the last lap come around the third turn the big one hit and wiped out every one of them except for Tate Lytle somehow sneaks through the whole wreck crosses the finish line and wins the race so congratulations to Tate as far as the t-shirt giveaway that that we were doing no one won it because contest ended at midnight we got a response at 12.30 and I was thinking about kind of bending the rules a little bit but the two rules were you had to be you had to you had to say who the racer was that got the lucky dog um award and what lap it ha- happened on and you must follow us well unfortunately the person wasn't following us when i checked it so possibly we'll possibly try to do this again um next week i'm going to talk to belly up see if they're okay with it if not, you know, maybe I'll do one during a football game or something like that for you guys to to try to win some some swag. So, but there's three three races still left. Uh, every Monday night, 9:30, over up at the Belly Up Sports TV YouTube channel. So, before we go, let us do our blue picks. your blue picks of the week brought to you by skunk duck studios the best ducking designs on the web and yes it is time for our blue picks uh this week and you know with the eagles ravens game this weekend i figured i want to bring on a special guest my oldest son andy why you say hi to, to the, the fans out there buddy hey guys yeah, he's he's a little nervous, but it's his first time ever talking on the podcast. But uh, yeah, this Sunday's gonna be a, I guess you want to say a very interesting game for me yeah. against you. Yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting game. So you just want to jump right into the picks? No, you can do a little talking. <laughs> so just to kind of go back over our rules with with the the blue picks, I. I Again, not too sure how I'm doing. I think I'm probably about 500. Probably a little bit better than my Eagles. But uh, the blue picks are blowout, lock, and upset picks. Blowouts are when the team is 
um, favored by or that wins the game by nine points or more. Locke is obviously just a 100% without a doubt going to win the game. And then the upset is the underdog has to be uh, underdog by five and a half points or more. So to kick off, um, I mean, I kind of know his pick, so I'm not going to pick the blowout pick first yet because well, you, you guys you guys will see why here in a second. But for, so the first one we'll go with is our lock picks. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Oh. Okay, so what, what's your lock pick for this weekend? The Los Angeles Rams over by the... Oh, shoot. Shoot, I forgot the team. So is that why it's a, it's a lock? Because you, it doesn't matter who they're playing? Or... Yeah, so for the lock picks, I chose LA Rams. Do you like... Have you seen them play at all this year? No, but no. I heard about their uh, new... But I heard about their new hometown stadium after defeating the Cowboys. Yeah, well, it's always good to beat the Cowboys, right? Yeah, they're nasty. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next pick will be our upset pick. Well, actually, well, I guess I should get my lock pick. I almost forgot there a little bit. Yes. Uh, my lock pick, I got the Dolphins over the Jets. Dolphins are fa favored by 9.5 points. Just too many issues with the Jets um, team from top to bottom. Just releasing Le'Veon Bell. Um, Adam Gase should be fired within the next week or two. Sam Darnold getting killed left and right. So I think it's going to be an easy game for the Dolphins. Next one is our upset picks. I'm going to go first this time. Okay. So you um, I got the Cleveland Browns over Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Browns are I kind of broke the rule a little bit here. The Browns are an underdog by three and a half instead of the five and a half rule. But obviously, I watched the Eagles game this past weekend, and Pittsburgh, even though they won by nine, really only won by three because our lovely defense coordinator decided to put a linebacker on a receiver that already had three receiving touchdowns. Browns have been playing very well. So I, I think the Browns are going to upset the Steelers here and pull off the win. Who do you got for your upset pick? The New York Jets. Wow, okay. Even though I just have them as a lock pick there. So so why do you have the Jets as a upset pick? They're kind of a, let's say, not like an underdog, but kind of like an underdog because they're, because their offense are quite fast, even though they're kind of losing. Yeah, well... I mean, they haven't won a game yet, so it's kind of like there's the old phrase, at some point you got to win, win one, so maybe this is the game that they win? Yeah, hopefully they win by the... Like, hopefully they they can at least one win, even though the Minnesota Vikings are free losing. Yeah. All right, so let, let's, uh, let's go with our blowout picks here. This is... I'm going to do mine first. Okay. Who, who do you got? My blow up hit is the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, even though they're my favorite team, due to Lamar Jackson. Even though they, they're Ego's number one worst enemy. Because he's quite of a fast rower. Like, you can see the football, but sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes he makes deep throws. And, uh, what about his running skills? Do you think he's really good at running? He's... he's He's not at all, but sometimes whenever there's a player coming around, he just make a quick decision and just like, like, throws the ball immediately, or else he's gonna get sacked. Like, yeah. Like it was, I mean, he, he has had some good 
running uh, plays, like when he almost gets sacked. Um, I kind of agree with you. I think Baltimore is going to destroy my Eagles just because we're a terrible team. But I will laugh and I will tell you, be prepared that if the Eagles do win, I'm not going to let it down. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot too. Ever since the Ravens destroyed the Browns, 36? Yeah, that was what, like week one or week two? I think it was week one after they destroyed the Cleats, 6 to 37? Yeah. So yeah, that was their first big victory. Well, my pick, I'm going with the New England Patriots over Denver. Now, Patriots are favored by 9.5. Cam Newton, their starting quarterback, is supposed to be coming back to the team after being sick. Um, and too many injuries for Denver to overcome. So I think the Patriots are going to... Oh, yeah, they're going to wipe the team out. Yeah. So I believe that's going to be it for, for the episode here. Um, make sure you head over to staytunesports.net to buy any of our merchandise or on the right hand side there's our social media accounts um so anything else you want to say before we go yeah so the i hope it's gonna be a super sunday <laughs> so that that's my son andy uh -oh. and this is your good friend jimbo signing out